Todd was definitely about to kick the door in. And he was going to kick the door, and he, oh, someone's got a, a rave going on over there. What is that? You know, killing her rug. Uh, killing the rug was self-defense. <laughs> <laughs> Todd got his hands all up in that rug before it attacked him. Let's be clear. Like that rug was defending itself. That's fair. Weren't Todd and I just over by the the cauldron? You were fighting the soup, yeah. You were with the soup. The soup, yeah. Yeah, we were fighting soup. That sounds so ridiculous. Hey everybody, welcome to the Gimme the Loot podcast, the Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition actual play podcast that did not follow up on that record the intros in the morning thing and is just using a normal mortal voice this time around. My name's Turner, I'll be your dungeon master and voice of announcements, a thin, hollow shell of a voice of announcements that fondly remembers the deep rumbling timber of morning voice. Episode 22, and good God, it's a supersized one. You know, we could say that this episode being supersized was a way for us to show that we really appreciate your patience as we worked through some technical issues on the last published cycle and, you know, wanted to get caught up with where we were at in the overall storyline. We could say that. And you really don't have any way of checking to see if that's true or not. So enjoy this supersized episode. We made it special just for you. Quick recap, the guys are still working their way through the lighthouse that they're trying to repair so they can get access to the elevated highways to head deeper into the swamps of the southern fens in search of Moyle's stabilizing agent. Along the way, they've discovered a number of different mystical trials and traps and a study that hinted that this all may be the work of disgruntled lighthouse keeper Wilhelm Defoe. So we're going to hop back in as the party heads up the tower and tries to finish this off in style. Spoiler alert. They really can't finish it off in style, but they try so, so hard. I had to get participation ribbons printed. As always, Gimme the Loot is not a family-friendly show due to a mix of profanity, crude humor, and fantasy violence. Any specific content warnings will be posted in the show notes below. And on that note, let's jump back in with Harland as Todd the Tiefling, Andrew as Moyle Mossberg, Jamie as Eldrin Thaneros, Jazz as Fate of Normir, and Anthony as Bob Otunde. Enjoy the show. So that door opens up into a stairwell and these series of stairs going up. Are you guys doing the send Eldrin up blind situation again? Oh, boy. They're regular. It doesn't look like the other stairs. Or... No, nah, it's just regular old stairs. There's no ramp. There's no there's no fuckery that you can see just right no off the No fuckery. All right. No corners. Uh, yeah, I'm going to just take the initiative to do that again. Just blind sight. You go up scratch off the rune and make it up to the next landing with no problem. The door opens up and you guys enter a much larger room. And again, the sense of dislocation has returned. So you guys step into a room. It is a 60 by 60 square room. And now you're, you're back in two square rooms bigger than the circumference of the lighthouse. Directly opposite you is the wooden door you've become so accustomed to passing through. Directly in front of you are four 13 by 13 tiles, which have a symbol painted on them. 
We'll get to what those symbols are in a second. Across the room, aligned in front of the exit door, are the statue of an earth elemental, a water elemental, a fire elemental, and a wind elemental. On the far left is the, a statue of what appears to be a tornado, which curls up from its base with two eyes kind of cartoonishly chiseled into the front of it. To the right of that is a towering anthropomorphic inferno. Like It looks like a huge person had been set on fire, flames spitting off of it, featureless face, no eyes, just looks like a big burning bipedal figure. To the right of that, it looks almost like a self-contained tidal wave, like a giant wave with arms reaching out the front of it. And to the far right of that, a large stony, not like the thing, but looks like it's been assembled out of rocks. In front of each one of those statues is a space in the floor where it looks like one of these plates would drop into. On the four plates are a symbol for a bow, a symbol for a spear, a symbol of two short swords crossed, and a symbol of a war hammer. There is a what looks like a pressure plate in front of the door. Well, I think they know we're here because if uh, each of these uh, weapons correlates to one of us. These tiles with the weapon symbols are loose. Like they're not inset into the floor. They are laid on top of the floor. So it very clearly looks like you could pick one of these up and go and put it in place in front of one of the elemental statues. Is there anything else discernible between the tiles other than the, the weapon symbols that are on them? Like is there colors or any other? No. And there's only four? There's only four and a pressure plate. There is not anything that would, I mean, I think you guys are intuiting that the tiles represent your weapons. There wouldn't be one that would represent fate. Fate. Mm-hmm. Well, because it would just be a book and that's not a weapon. Whoa. Knowledge is power, sir. Well, uh, no one's been that hurt being beat with a book as much as they have been by a warhammer. <laughs> Says the religious man. <laughs> So just to clarify again, so the statues are these guys back here. Correct. And then these are the holes for the plates Correct. to potentially go. And then these are the actual plates themselves. Yeah, the tiles that you would pick up. And then there is a pressure plate, like a large metal pressure plate where someone would stand on to open the door. So I'm guessing we're going to try to arrange all these, the ones that need to go where they need to go and then step on the plate and then basically get get a you won, you're right or you're not. I'm guessing it, it's a find the correct order thing. You guys with me? Mm-hmm. Okay. I think the fate's absence of a symbol seems potentially something we need to think about too, though. I don't know why he wouldn't have one. I think maybe I'll just be the one who goes to stand on the plate when it's time. How about that? <laughs> that's possible. But I mean, if we just drop them in and that's it, like we don't have to stand next to those things when you do that. Maybe. maybe? I don't know. But first, let's uh, figure out where we're going to put each tile. I think that the short swords correlate to fire because they're forged in fire. I was going with that one only because I've got fire resistance and I would just, I'd rather, <laughs> putting, I'm putting mine on the fire, what I've got fire resistance to. What? Oh, so you're just being a, a bitch is what you're saying. Okay, so. Is it? Or was it the smart thinking? Uh, I mean, smart. So. And a bitch. <laughs> you are an elf. You shoot arrows. You should probably go on the, under wind or something. Wind. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. No, no, no. What if we're not yes. thinking this deep enough? Beer. That's all I'm thinking. Because, hold on. Why are the weapons ours? If there's four of the statues and the four tiles with weapons, what if the weapons are just the, belong to the elemental statues? 
That's true. Let's check out the statues maybe a little bit more closely. It's probably a good idea. As you guys go up and examine the statues, you can see that they aren't freestanding, that there is a base that they are standing on. And at the base of each statue, there is a polyhedral shape chiseled into the base. The earth elemental. Oh boy, here we go. On the the base of the earth elemental, there's a cube. On the base of the water elemental, there's a uh, icosahedron. What the fuck is that? You were saying shapes. I have no clue. Think twenty sided dice is an icosahedron. All right. So the earth has a hexahedron or a six sided dice. The water elemental has an icosahedron or a twenty sided dice. The air elemental has an octahedron or an eight sided dice. And the fire elemental has a four sided tetrahedron. <laughs> a real tetrahedron, not a pentahedron, <laughs> but a tetrahedron, a four-sided dice. And then the plate has the image of a dodecahedron or a 12-sided dice inscribed to it. Right, so you said it was earth six, water 20, wind 10? Earth sorry. six, water 20, air eight, eight fire four. four. Yeah. Well, this could be. Oh, I figured it out. Yeah. Each of the words is the number of sides on the base minus one or plus one, right? So bow is three, plus one is four. So it goes with fire. Spear is five. Earth is six. So it goes with six. Short stores is 19. So it goes on the 20 with water. Hammer is. Oh. Warhammer is nine. So you're saying that would be eight? That'd be air. So it goes eight. It's only their one. I'm so confused. I feel like his logic tracks, but I'm not quite putting it all together myself. <laughs> I, I'm gonna let Moe I take this. I'm gonna <sighs> let Moe put the, the 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 stuff where he thinks it's supposed to go. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna trust him oil on this one. Uh, I'm gonna trust him on this one. But wait, 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 wait. What? What was the? What was the? The open the door plate. How does that work into this whole thing? If that's twelve, how does that? Well, that plate's already there. There's, there's, there's just a spot somebody needs to mm-hmm. press or something. Like there's not an extra plate for us to put anything there. Let oil do his. Let oil work. Okay. <laughs> All right. So somebody got to put the plates in. Let Moyle put him plate. He he had, he had his whole laid out. No one else had anything better for right now. Let's go with it. Wait, hold on. Oh, oh no. I mean, he also miscounted the alphabet or whatever, right? Like, let's just <laughs> check his work. <laughs> I wasn't going to bring that up. <laughs> well, you're supposed to. You're supposed to bring that up. I wanted to believe in him this time. Yeah. Okay. Oh, we might. We might have a problem. What's which one isn't right? Uh, short swords crossed is 18. <laughs> you want word count? Oh, no. <laughs> I don't know where you're getting 19. Like, <laughs> I, I just thought it was a more of a thematic thing. I just saw that, you know, I saw the earth elemental and I just assumed that the hammer went with it. Mm-hmm. The bow is something that travels through the yes. air, so I assume that goes to the air elemental. Yep. It took me a little while to find somewhere to put the short swords, but generally somebody... Fire who's wielding short swords tends to be graceful and have fluid-like motion. So I I went with with, uh, the water elemental and then that left the spear, I believe, for the fire elementals. But I really don't have anything other than than that to go on. I'm going to reverse. If anybody has anything better. Spear goes with water. Fire goes with short sword. Is the spear single-headed spear? That's what I'm thinking. Trident? No, the spear is a yikola. Oh, okay. So Earth Earth had a six-sided shape. Water got 20, air on eight, yes. and fire at four. Yep. Okay, so earth, spear is five, 18, nine, and three. That sounds like you're definitely overthinking. All right, guys, let's not go with moral anymore. I changed my vote. <laughs> <laughs> I changed my vote. 
<laughs> he's not even confident in himself. I gave him all the confidence. I pushed him in the way he needed to go. He didn't go that way. I was so confident in the beginning. You're letting the tweaker beautiful mind your way into some some shit. She never grows old. <laughs> Let's just go with uh, short swords to fire and see what happens. Short swords to fire. You don't think that the numbers have anything to do with anything, huh? What? Stop trying, stop trying to talk me out of it. See, I'm confident. I, I'm <laughs> what was the fire element? What was the number on it? Four. Yeah, it's a, it's a, like a, a, a mm-hmm. tetrahedron, a four-sided dice. Maybe it's my name, Todd. That's that's that makes mm. no sense. No one has a twenty letter name. That's also true. Oh, whatever. How long is how long is Baba's last name? How many let how many letters? Is he do you have the longest last name? Oh, I might. Hold on. I just wanna try that though. Let's try fire and short swords. Let's see what happens. Are you just gonna put yeah. one on it and then push the button? Yeah. Or we need information right now. Yeah, there's no button. I mean, there's a plate. The pressure plate. The pressure plate, I mean. I'm just saying put something somewhere and see what happens. Okay. All right. right. (laughs) You guys drop the two short swords in the slot in front of the fire elemental. And there is a brief click and there is a slight glow as the tile seals into place. And that was correct. One down. So fire was short swords? Yeah. Fire was short swords. Correct. Okay. I think air is going to be bow. Yeah, that seems pretty, pretty probable. The bow, of course. Yes. Yeah. All right. I'm with it. Let's try it. Let's do it. Faith's cowering in the corner this whole time while y'all are doing all the heavy lifting. Faith is always doing that. (laughs) Which corner? Back left. Back left corner? Sorry, the back being the direction we came in from. And where are the rest of you positioned? Um, <laughs> I'm helping with the, the mood of statues. Do they, are they big enough to need help? No, I mean, you're talking about like a 13 by 13 floor tile that you're walking oh, okay. in and dropping into a, a void space. Tile. So, I mean, I just, I just, I do need to know where you guys are positioned around the room. Smack dab in the middle. I put the first plate. Okay, Todd, put the first plate in, and then you guys come back. And I'm just going to assume, other than other than Fate, who's cowering in the back left corner, mm-hmm. and whoever's putting this next tile in, you, the rest of you guys are just kind of dead center in the middle of the room. Yeah, that seems fair. Yep, that's a good thing. Isn't it? Okay, yeah. yeah. Which we established as a sixty by sixty room. Okay, cool. Who's putting the plate in? I'll put the plate of the bow in the air. Plate. You drop it in. There's that same magical effect where it appears to be sealing into place. And the layer of stone that was holding this air elemental inanimate crumbles away and it advances on you. Uh, Just had to trial and error it, huh? Couldn't. Mm-hmm. Roll initiative. Everyone? Yeah, everybody rolls initiative. It's <laughs> 20, not 20. This is a pretty esoteric one. After this fight, I will give you guys a hint. Yeah, when we tried it out, we figured out that it'll tell us when each one of them's right. <laughs> like, we learned something. <laughs> it was too easy. Like That felt like a no-brainer, though. That one actually used the... Well, no, we didn't know if they were, it was going to tell us it was right when we got them all in place and then hit the plate, or was it going to tell us it's right as soon as we put it in? Like, we didn't know anything. <laughs> so, Moyle got uh, 21. 21. Baba got a 5. Todd got a 17. Fate got a 5. And Aldrin got a 22. Fate goes first. Mine's in that one. The Elemental gets a 13. This spinning tornado with glowing uh, eyes on it breaks free of its stony prison and immediately there's this howl of wind and this gush of air as this cyclonic motion begins to happen in the room that you're in. Not enough to, to stagger anybody, but it's like being in a room with a giant fan blowing in front of you. There is a rush of noise and that train noise that's associated with a tornado so that you guys are going to have to kind of yell to communicate to each other. Can I tell if this is going to totally fuck up my my arrows here like if i shoot 
Am I going to have uh, any disadvantage or anything like that? No, this thing hasn't cast like Windwall. Just making sure. And this is a magical creature? It is a living air elemental, a creature comprised of pure elemental force. And it has eyes. Does it have a mouth? <laughs> no, just glowing eyes. Eldrin, you're up. I'm going to use my bonus action to put a hunter's mark on it. Okay. Then I'm going to use my first attack with my longbow. I have 27. 27? Jesus fucking Christ. Yeah, that will hit. So I will draw my bow back slowly and try to aim right at the eyes of the elemental and just let it fly, try to hit it right between the eyes. Four, so 10 total. Your arrow streaks out and enters into it. You can tell that the magic from the hunter's mark has an effect on it, but that the shooting an arrow into a tornado, while your arrow does sink in, in fact, it goes right through one of its glowing eyes, the reaction to the disruption of its mystical field that holds it together. Its will is impacted, but it only takes half damage from the piercing damage of the arrow. So you end up actually doing seven points of damage total. All right. So for attack number two, 17. 17 will hit. So I realized that the arrow last time didn't really strike true, but I'm, I'm going to go for it again. This time, I'm just going to go center mass. You do six damage from your arrow and another two from the hunter's mark. The, the arrow zings in, and again, you can see that slight pulse ripple into the area around it, giving you some indication that, yes, you, you have disrupted this thing in some way, but you're shooting an arrow into a tornado. You, you're not seeing any wind blood pop out. Mm-hmm. Wind blood. Or wh- whatever the equivalent of, of wind blood would be. So, Tiny clouds, maybe? Tiny clouds, yes. No raindrops are, are fallen. Moyle? Two-handed warhammer. Baggy, hold on. Good luck, Moyle. Going in close. <laughs> That's a nat 20, boys. There you go, baby. Nice. I wind up, plant my feet, and uh, try and hit. How tall is it? We said it was these are 12 feet tall. I'm going to go for the middle of it. Yep. Hit it in the, the tornado gut. <laughs> There's that resistance as you push through it, and you can see that pulse through its aura as it wavers a little bit. The air dies down for a little bit as you push through, but it has some kind of resistance to your, the physical damage that you're doing. You've impacted it, but you, in fact, only do six points of damage. Todd. All right, listen here, Echo Blade. Yes, Todd? You got anything special for me that I can do with fighting an elemental? Well, the good news is, Todd, I'm magical. So what your friends just went through where their damage didn't quite take as much won't be the case with me. All right. That other little sword you're carrying around with you won't, though, if you're getting any ideas about doing a you know, some kind of you know second offhand <laughs> attack, I-, I can take care of you. Well, but if I I use the second offhand attack, I still get more damage if I hit, right? Do you got, you got, you got any? Okay, well, if, that, if that's the way that you're going to be, Todd, then that's the way that you're going to be. <laughs> I just want to know if you got a special way that you can become two swords, that'd be even greater. We, I don't think we've really reached that stage in our relationship yet. I mean, I'm not saying that it's not possible. There's a lot of things that I can't do that I'm not doing for you yet, but that's just because we haven't spent enough time together. All right. Okay. So I am going to try a sneak attack. You are absolutely eligible to sneak attack. Todd treating his bottom sword like it's his side sword. Classic Todd. <laughs> wow. Well played, Andrew. I rolled a 20. Dirty 20 will hit. Oh, this one, I don't even do it stylefully. I'm coming in swinging it like wildly over my hand. Like I'm Petey Pablo taking my shirt off and waving it around like a helicopter. Oh, no. I am, I am swinging my sword. North Nomir. Yes, <laughs> with, with, with my right hand, I just cut across the body of the elemental. 20 damage total. 
Okay, so as you do that with Echo, you do see a different effect than what Eldrin and Moyle experienced, where they saw kind of a pulse or a disruption in the field that's holding this elemental together. Your strike draws this glowing blue line across its form and actually breaks the continuity of the gray spinning visible whirlwind that you can see in front of you. And it reforms shortly thereafter, but clearly that was a solid hit and took. So now I'm going to uh, use fancy footwork and back out of it. Smart. Okay. You backpedal away. Yes. <laughs> a little, little hop, like a boxer's hop backwards. <laughs> that brings us to the air elemental's turn. It is going to advance towards you, Moyle, on the same space that you're in. Since it is a being made out of air, it can actually <laughs> occupy the same space as you, and that activates its whirlwind <laughs> ability. So it moves into your space. I'm in the eye of the storm. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, I'm looking at Jazz and Anthony's face as you're saying this, and they're just like, oh. I have no clue what's going on, but they're just like, oh. Yeah, me neither. You guys are fighting a 12-foot-tall, visible tornado with glowing eyes. Todd j- jumps in, slashes it, backpedals away. It spins one space forward on top of Moyle and picks Moyle up and begins spinning him around. Moyle, give me a, a strength saving throw. 20. Yeah, that's legit. Yeah. Yeah, you absolutely pass your strength saving so, so this ability, if you had failed your save, you would have taken damage and been flung 20 feet away in a random direction, which could have been very bad because you would have been tossed and in, potentially into a wall or one of your teammates. So we're going to go 3d8 plus uh, 2. Guys, I think I'm too heavy for it. Double up. Go down to your partner. So you take... So there's a 21, but since he made a saving throw, it takes half. So what happens is it moves on top of you, Moyle, and it picks you up and flips you around to where you're upside down and does this whirlwind pile driver on you. You take 10 points of damage. You are still inside it. You can see like a sad little look in its glowing elemental eyes. Is it? This was its bitch and move. Still did manage to pull off a wind pile driver, but this was meant to be like a like a big a big slam. So that will bring us to Fate's turn. Fate was going to wreak all kinds of destruction and devastation upon this uh, air elemental, but now Moyle's inside of it, and now he's conflicted. Are you though? <laughs> <laughs> Yes, because if I miss Moyle, I miss the air elemental. They're in the same spot. Magic missile, baby. Let's get it. <laughs> can't, can't mess that up. I, I, I fire my magic missiles off from my fingers. So think Yu Yu Hakusho spirit gun type situation where I point my three fingers at my target and they just blue beams of energy fire off from my fingertips and right at him. But we're going like shotgun mode. 11 points of force damage. The elemental... Its winds have significantly slowed, but it is still chugging along pretty strong. That brings us to Baba. I will get behind my shield, kind of the Roman phalanx style, and approach the tornado and try to strike it with my Yukila. Okay. Rolled in. <laughs> Describe how you, you miss. <laughs> um, so in my attempt to get behind my shield and just poke at it piercing-wise, like the wind kind of pushes me slightly to the left. I miss <laughs> I feel like it was my concern for hitting Moyle that made me shank to one side or the other, and it was a little too much. So this time, I'm going to disregard Moyle's being in the tornado and strike away again. You have a little bit of a uh, umbrella and a thunderstorm moment there, and it pulls you to the left or right a little bit, and then (laughs) your 18 hits. 
for 11 points of damage. As you stab into it, the runes along your Asatar Yikola light up, and you, you see that similar effect as when Todd struck it with a blue streak lighting through. You can tell it's taking the full brunt of your blow. And that brings us back to the top of the order. Hey, Eldrin, you're up. All right. I'm going to use my bonus action to turn on my planar warrior, put some stank on it. Just a little stank. Just a little stank. It's like salt. You can't too, You can't put too much stank on it. <laughs> it ruins the whole meal. <laughs> stank on you. A 16. Will hit. Okay, so this time I know this one's going to do a little bit more, and I I aim again for the for the middle of the eyes and and try to give him a swipe from the side to knock him around a bit. So that is 17. Your glowing bolt strikes in between the eyes, and there's a, a much larger ripple effect as it pulses out. It's more of a dust devil than a tornado. Now it's shrunk down to be the same height as you, Moyle. It still surrounds you, but it is very very greatly diminished. Now, I will also point out, it's going to be a lot harder to just hit the air elemental now with Moyle in there. Just from a, a pure mechanics perspective, if you miss by, I'm going to say, four or more against its armor class, you're going to have a pretty good chance of hitting a Moyle Mossberg. Eldrin, help me. Mm, that's the risk we have to take. <laughs> well, sometimes you got to break some eggs to make an omelet or something like that. Sometimes? You've never made an omelet without breaking eggs? <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. He, he, only sometimes he, he he has to break the egg to make it. Listen, sometimes you just pull the egg out without breaking. <laughs> Shell intact. <laughs> yep, just eighteen. That will hit. Give me damage. Seven. Your second hit flings out and has that r- reduced effect. This thing is a parking lot dust devil flipping around a Walmart plastic bag at this point, but it is still barely kicking. Moyle, you are up. I'm in a wind tunnel of emotion <laughs> and I need to get out. I will use inflict wounds and I get a 14. It is shrunk down to the point where it's darting around so quickly that you come very close to being able to make contact with it, <laughs> but you aren't able to grab the glowing eyes to make contact with your spell. Am I out of it? If it's dodging around, am I out of No, you guys still occupy the same space. It's just not big enough to envelop you. Mm, okay. You got that inspiration, man. You could oh, just... yeah, you could burn your inspiration and re-roll again. No, not, not, not now. It's too. No? It's almost dead. Now's not the time. He was going to burn it on trying to hit a, a boulder. <laughs> That's true. I was. And the DM was so gracious. Let's not forget that. Very generous DM. All right. So that brings us to Todd the Tiefling. Todd. Don't whiff. What? Don't whiff. <laughs> you, you know Todd's coming out with the sneak attack. And let's go. 23. That will hit. It's 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 small right now. So can would I be able to find wind elemental nuts as I tried to go with the uppercut swing <laughs> on my sword? Would I be able to judge where elemental sack will be? Let's pretend this is a magical fantasy world and a comedy-oriented D&D podcast. And you just are <laughs> going to describe hitting a wind elemental in the nuts and i will edit this statement out huh yes you you can oh yes your called shots can be as outlandish and as fucking funny and ridiculous as you want they are the fatality babality and friendships oh. of the gimme the loot podcast and should be oh. as ridiculous and creative as you can get them you know those toys that like you knock together they that's what's going on with the <laughs> <laughs> I got a feedback. 
I am looking at this wind elemental as I swing my sword like I like if it was a cane on my hand as I moonwalk to it and I do like an uppercut swing for the balls of this wind elemental boom through the roof. You hear a little poof as two little hailstones that were concealed in the center of it clatter to the floor in opposite directions. <laughs> <laughs> Nelson Windella. That's how you do it, guys. As you cast Lady Wind Elemental somehow, uh, you guys see the tile which had been sealed in. The glow reappears on it and it now can be picked up and removed from the slot. The good news is the statue of the Wind Elemental does not reform. Clearly, that was the wrong choice. You have the tile now that you can put in potentially the right spot. And basically getting it wrong just activates that individual elemental. It's not a recurring keep having to fight elementals until you figure it out puzzle. You either have to put the right tile in or put the wrong tile in and defeat the elemental before going through the door. So, so we're going to go spear in the, ho- in the old hole. Wait, 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 wait. So the bow is also is available again Whoa. as well? Yes. Yeah. yeah. The bow is available again, correct. So now you guys have bow, spear, and warhammer. And we have earth, water, and air. And bow and air do not go together. We know bow is one of them, right? I mean, it's... Yeah, but let's not try to move the bow... Because if we move the bow to the wrong spot, we can get an elemental. Let's try to move something in the spot we just met. Now, if we put something in the spot where the bow is now, would it react at all? Like I said, there's two ways to solve this puzzle. Either get the right tile in the right spot or kill all the elementals. It's a one and done kind of situation. Okay, I see what you're saying. Now, I will also give you this. How you do that changes how you have to address that plate. You mean which order we decide to put? No, the plate that opens, the who stands on the plate that opens the door. Mm. Okay. Okay. So we're putting the bow somewhere? I say let's figure out what, what goes in the air first. Put the bow somewhere. No, 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 no. I was going to say let's just put the bow either with the water or the earth. You guys are just going to brute force it, huh? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what we're going to think about it, we're just going to think about where bow goes. Everybody give me insight checks. <sighs> I don't like when he does this. Just random checks shit 11 moyo gets a 12 who who got todd got a one i got a I got a crit one i have no insight yes uh, oh my god <laughs> and fate got a five terrible those are all terrible <laughs> so 12 or lower we're an insightful bunch wow 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 okay so if one of you gotten a 15 or higher i would have given you something on this but i ain't giving you shit with a 12 a crit fail a 12 11 and a five <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I have nothing for you. Thanks, Todd. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, wait. Why is the cleric over here shaming other people? You're the one with the highest wisdom. Him and Jamie. <laughs> yeah, but Todd got the lowest score, and you always yeah. shame the loser. He's bringing down the average. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. So I say, if if Moyo would like to burn his inspiration, this would be one that he could re-roll. Mm. Mm. With advantage? No, that. You, well, that is the advantage. Oh, you've already. Yeah, you, yeah. No, that would be the advantage. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, had advantage. You got a plus three on it. I mean, um, hello, Mister Mossberg. Here's your gift horse. But how is its teeth? I mean, come on, dude. <laughs> Can I use the charm on the DM? <laughs> that remains to be seen. <laughs> <laughs> I will consult with Baggy. What's up, buddy? Baggy, where do you think the bow should go? <laughs> Make an insight roll for Baggy, Moyle. I'll give you this like he was your familiar. Who is Moyle? 
Moyle is talking to people again. Moyle, I'm a, a magically animated bag of hammers. I am your support creature. I, I don't fucking know, man. <laughs> <laughs> can, can we hear this? No, no. Unlike Echo, which you can hear when Todd Sword talks shit to him, you guys all can hear it. Everybody can hear it. <laughs> Only Moyle sees the little googly eyes that pop up around Baggy's opening. Because Baggy, when he talks, it's like if you imagine like a, like a, because remember, it was described as a pillowcase with a hemp rope satched around. So imagine you had. Baggy's, Baggy's like the hat in Mario Odyssey. Right. Yes, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> He's got those googly eyes pop up and then like the bag opening kind of flaps open a little bit. Only Moyle sees the eyes or the motion or hears the voice. As far as you guys know, Moyle's looking at his fucking waist and talking into his fucking belly button. He's giving his his micropene uh, pep talk. <laughs> Junk pep talk. Yeah. Okay. So we got no, we got no insight there. We got no All insight right. from anybody. Unless you want to burn your inspiration and roll again. No, this doesn't feel like the time. Okay, gentlemen. I feel like this is just a moment where we just uh, all take a vote. So we've got bow into water or bow into earth. Everybody for bow into water. Say aye. And fate raises his hand for bow to water. Nobody? Just me? All right. What is your reasoning for that? You're, why are you guessing bow for water? Just guessing? Yeah, just just a hunch. I pick bow to earth. I'm going to go bow to earth because wood and trees grow in the ground or something. I don't fucking know. So clearly we don't even have to ask the other two because they said they didn't raise the hand for the... <laughs> I don't like this at all. I like the... Uh, Eldrin, but... Well, there's spear fishing, but there is also bow fishing. Are you guys dropping the bow in the um in the earth? In the earth is what it sounds like. I guess. I... Yes. Who's dropping it in? Fucking hell. I'll do it again. Are we sure on earth? But fate's going back to the corner. I'm backing up. You guys oh. drop the bow in front of the earth elemental. The plate seals into place, and the elemental does not animate. That is the correct choice Thank God. for the earth elemental. Oh. <laughs> Almost as if the person in your party who uses a bow has a link to the earth and nature. Good job, everyone. Good job. <laughs> that makes sense. That would mean that the Warhammer would go in water. Does it? That would make sense. Would it? <laughs> I did work on a boat and was born in a swamp. Well, lived in a swamp for a long time. Would it? Are there potentially other considerations that have come into factor? Give me, since you guys have got one right, give me another insight check. Show me potato salad. Fate got an eight. Oh, shit. Three? <laughs> Seven. Oh, my God. Moyo got an 18. 18. I know. No, that's not. Yeah, I got an 18. <laughs> yeah, did you get an 18? You did get an 18. So this time around, something clicks, Baba and, and Moyle, and you think back to the, the last time that you guys were experimented on or, or tested, uh, helped by Ognum, and the vision of the stabilizing cores that he projected up and showed you guys, that they correspond to certain shapes. Moyles is the shape of a... A uh, eight by octagon. So Moyles corresponds with a octahedron. Todd's corresponds with a tetrahedron. Eldrin's corresponds with a hexahedron. Baba's corresponds with an icosahedron. And Fate's corresponds with a dodecahedron. Fate, give me an arcana check. Moyle, give me a religion check. Moyle gets a 
22. That's 25. As you guys start to put this t- together, and, and Moyle, you you go, oh, wait a minute, there's a tie to our stabilizing element shapes. You realize that your stabilizing element shapes correspond with the concept of the platonic solids. Plato was a very, very, very famous sage who came up with a number of core concepts about the universe. The stabilizing agents that, that you guys are tied to represent one of those platonic solids and they have an elemental association with them. And what is very specifically and very fucking strangely that it's in this lighthouse it, happening here is your personal totems are tied to those shapes and that is what is allowing you guys to get past this. Well, it sounds like uh, Warhammer goes with air and spear with water. Do you guys agree? Yeah. Is that where the 20-sided one is? Yeah, the icosahedron yeah. is is water, correct. Sounds good to me. Okay, I'll put the Warhammer on the air statue. Okay, the air statue is gone. I mean, you put the Warhammer in that slot, it seals into place and it is in the correct place. And you guys put the spear in the water slot and it seals into place and is in the correct place. All that is left is to stand on the metallic pressure plate in front of the door and open it. And that's Fates. Go ahead, Fate. Yep. All you, buddy. <sighs> he doesn't trust it. <laughs> Fate, fate tiptoes over to the thing very cautiously. He doesn't actually stand on it. He just kind of stands in front of it and like looks around. Can I like investigate like the plate or the door? Yeah, give me an investigation check. 17. All right. So with your 17, you can tell that it is a metallic pressure plate set into the floor that appears to have some give to it as if something will happen when you step onto it. And it is in front of the door. The door is a plain wooden door that you guys have seen very many times. The door is plain and wooden? Oh, yeah. Exactly like the other ones that you guys have seen. Gentlemen, um, I mean, for all intents and purposes, this door looks fairly harmless. Would one of you not mind just kicking it in? We went through all that trouble. Do you come you to step on a plate? I intimidate him to get on the plate. Fine, fine. (laughs) Get your ass (laughs) on the plate. Roll intimidation. With advantage. (laughs) Are you using a dread helm on me? Because I'm bigger than him. (laughs) Because I'm bigger than him. That's not hard. Fate's five foot even. Ten. (laughs) (laughs) You're horrible at intimidating. He knows I was joking. <laughs> uh, okay, so due to the laugh I got from Baba trying to be mean to me, I um I go ahead and nonchalantly step onto the plate. So it worked. <laughs> okay, the, there's a slight little click as you step onto it, and nothing happens. You're you're close enough to reach out and open the door. I will say that much. All right, I'm gonna open the door then? Okay. Door opens. You guys see a landing and a set of stairs up. There's a flash of magic and you guys see this starry blackness spiral up out of the plate that Fate is on and envelop him for a second and then it disappears. Fate, as you turn around, you realize that this room is is in fact empty. That you're standing on a pressure plate, but the statues, the elementals, the plates, none of that's in here. It's just you and your your friends standing in a circular room, which now conforms to the size of the lighthouse. Give me an arcana check. Got a 13. With a 13, you recognize that there is clearly some kind of element of extremely advanced illusion magic going on, but there's... There's an aspect of it that seems strange for it to have influenced all of you this heavily through your journey through the lighthouse. There has to have been another factor, but you guys can turn around and see some steps going up. Okay. All right. Um, Is everybody else through the door at this point? You guys doing the Eldrin rune? 
Yep. Belgian scratch off. Yeah, let's go. Aldrin, you reach up to where the rune would be, and there is not one at this particular point. So you guys continue up the staircase. And and what's different, too, is as you enter the end of it, you don't reach a door. You reach a trap door that you guys would push up and exit onto the balcony platform at the top of the lighthouse. As you guys step through into the large balcony platform, at first, there's a little bit of a, a gasp of vertigo as you realize you are... 120 feet up at the air at the top of this lighthouse that is positioned on this rocky promontory sticking out into the ocean. It is deep into the night. The sound of the ocean waves crash back up and there is a little bit of relief from the claustrophobic, mind-numbing fuckery that you guys have been going through for who knows how long. Your, your sense of time is, is completely distorted by what is, has been going on in, in the lighthouse. You don't know if you've been in there multiple days and it's now nighttime, or if this is just the same night that you guys originally went in there, around the large platform, directly to the left of the staircase hatch that you guys exit out of on the exterior platform ring, there is a waist-high railing that runs around the perimeter of the lighthouse lens platform. Directly to the left of the entrance stairwell is a lever. You can see across the way from you on the opposite side of the platform, there appears to be a corpse laying on the ground. And then directly in front of you, there are two circular sets of crystal glass lenses that have some gaps between them set on a track that would appear that they would rotate if they were active, but they're currently not. And in the center of that is a huge crystal set into a mount with a number of wires running up into it, which is clearly the light source and the power source and that that mystic crystal that used to shine out through these lenses as the lighthouse. Peering through and looking around, you can see another lever to the right-hand side of the platform, two levers on the inside, the dead center on the inner ring the innermost ring of the lens assembly directly to each side of the crystal and a lever on the far right-hand side of the platform opposite where this body appears to be. It's a large platform, 30 feet in total from edge to edge. From where you guys are standing, you can see that by the basic proportion and size and shape of the body that's crumbled down there, it appears to be a dwarf. Hmm. Well, this is concerning. Should we go check out the body? Investigate the body. Yeah. So given the sense of time thrown off that everybody's feeling, fate should still be able to kind of understand what exactly as far as time is passing because of his keen mind ability from his uh, pentahedrus. Yeah, you can tell it's the same evening. Okay. You know, as you gaze up at the stars, fate, you reorient yourself and by the track of the constellation against the skies, according to your astronomy 201 class, it is approximately 1135 p.m. in the evening on a Tuesday. Bet. Going up. I've got the stars coming up. On a Tuesday. On a Tuesday. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, investigate the body. That's what I'm thinking. All right. Our whole goal coming here was to turn the light back on, yeah? You don't think that maybe the body has a has a thing on it? Yeah, but maybe he's got the key or gold in his pockets. You don't know. You never know. Gold? <laughs> what? What? <laughs> maybe we have to re-sacrifice the body into the into the crystal. Yeah, throw, throw him in the crystal. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah. And and if he's dead, I'd like to know what possibly killed him. That is also... If. That's a big, that's a big if. What if he's not dead? Well, that's what we check. That's why you investigate. Check. Could be fresh to death. Oh. His clothes could be f- so fresh they killed him. <laughs> <laughs> 
So you guys head over to the body. It is a older dwarven male. He is wearing some, you would almost identify him as fisherman's clothes. They are very clearly treated to be around wet weather. He's got the fisherman's cap, a leather vest, a oil-treated outer robe, pants and boots. He's crumpled over. You don't see any signs of, uh, he's not, there's no dagger wounds. There's no sickly discoloration. He just kind of lay in there. He is pale enough, you know, when you kind of, if somebody want to do a medicine check for me. 13. You don't find a pulse moil or register any signs of life, but you can also kind of see that there's not a large amount of decay either. You guys root around on his body. You can find a set of key rings that look very similar to the key that Todd found in the cot, but... Other than that, there's really no identifying information or anything else on him. Can we discern how he might have died? Give me a medicine check. Oh, shit. Oh, I can't do medicine. Moyle couldn't particularly find anything. There's nothing visible. Okay. He, he, he was able to say he was he died, though. He did. Yeah. Todd, with your seven medicine check, you think he might have died of altitude sickness from being this high up on the tower? That's Eldris me. <laughs> Eldrin, you think he might have died from altitude sickness being up on the on the top of this tower? Todd, did you say something earlier about the the, the what do you, do you think it's possible you might have been exposed to that poison you were speaking of earlier? That's why I need the I want to investigate his body to see, but we kind of determine it is what it is. Investigate or desecrate? I I, I don't have a desecrate uh button. <laughs> Moyo, do you? Do you not have uh, the ability to speak with the dead? He just didn't seem like anyone that could carry on a good conversation. Oh. But uh, that's a good idea. Okay. Thought I'd ask. Do you have the ability to speak with the dead, Moyle? (laughs) (laughs) It's third level cleric spell. Ah. I am out of third level cleric spell, so yeah. It's it's most unfortunate. So at the moment, no, he does not. I'm going to let you know. Todd is a proponent of just pulling levers to see if what works. Don't you fucking dare. That doesn't sound like a good idea. <laughs> Nobody's stopping you, Todd. If you want to run over to a lever and, and pull it, just get, get on over there and pull them. Lower left lever's getting pulled. Leroy! <laughs> Todd. No! Todd. No! Todd. <laughs> Todd. This one? Todd. This one, Todd? Yep. That's, how, yeah. about, how about I meet you in the middle? Nope. Now, pop, 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 pop. (laughs) If y'all want to stop Todd as he dashes towards this lever, somebody's going to need to try and tackle him. Wait, I don't want to stop him. I want to meet him in the middle. Todd, let's both pull levers at the same time. What? What? How does that level? How's that idea any better than my idea? Stupid. Stupid. I didn't say it's better. I think it's a good idea. Let's pull two levers. You pull bottom left. I'm going to get top right. We can all pull levers. (laughs) (laughs) There's five levers. Let's all pull levers. What was that roll? <laughs> He's trying to stop me, I guess. <laughs> I, was, I was acrobatically trying to go stop Todd, and apparently I'm falling away. Then Todd, <laughs> give me a contested acrobatics roll, I guess, as, as Eldrin tries to tackle you okay. meekly. Was it eight? <laughs> acrobatics. Ow! Yeah, at that point, as he's trying to get close to me, I stiff arm him <laughs> like a football stiff arm face to the ground. <laughs> yeah, Eldrin goes to stick his leg out to trip you and you backflip over it and just keep doing fucking bat handsprings all the way <laughs> oh. over to the lever. <laughs> Until I get to the lever? It sounds about right. It sounds very Toddish. So, Todd, you pull the lever? Todd or parkour. Oh, my God. I'm definitely pulling the bottom left lever. Fade, are you rushing over to the opposite letter, lever and pulling one at the same time? 
Can I shoot him with my arrow to stop him? Uh, I can. I'm gonna try. Okay, I will allow you to make it there in time. You guys pull these levers at the same time. All five. I've only heard two people that are pulling levers. Are there more people? If you're pulling lever, I want to pull a lever. Okay, which lever are you dashing in and pulling here? <laughs> this one. Todd is pulling the one closest to the stairs. Yep. Moyle is pulling pulling the one on the southeast segment of the circular balcony. Fate is pulling the one on the northeast section of the circular balcony. Baba, Eldrin? Two more. Come on, guys. Everyone get in. I think this is asinine. No. <laughs> okay. All right. Baba, you pulling a lever or no? No. Three levers are pulled. Three's company. And these are a decent sized floor lever. So it's got a kind of semi semicircular mount that is a metal housing bolted into the, the metal, because this platform you guys are on is actually metal as opposed to the stone of the rest of the tower. That exterior platform is kind of metal decking. The railing is metal. That core central area where the gem is reverts to that cobblestone piece of it. And this decking is bolted to it. As those levers that are on the exterior platform are bolted that metal, they're about waist high. As you guys push them forward, all three of them at the same time, you hear a loud click and the whir of a mechanism firing up and the two lenses begin to spin and the crystal lights up. But there is a jarring grinding noise and the crystal goes from powering up to flaring up and a beam shoots out. Oh, no. So we're going to say one is north and then we're going to go around clockwise with each number I'm about to roll and the cardinal position of the compass which if you notice is exactly where the lever positions are lined up at so depending upon what number it's at baba real quick are you an eldrin over by the body still i'm assuming that you are yeah yes yes somewhere so we're gonna roll a dice here these things are spinning and constantly spinning so the beam is shooting out in a random direction the exterior lens housing is spinning counterclockwise. The interior lens housing is spinning clockwise at a slightly slower pace so as they align and create a gap to where the beam can shoot outward, that's when the beam fires off, which is going to happen once around now. So at three, that is east, the beam fires out to the east. No one is affected by it, and it streaks off into the night. This golden beam it leaves the afterimage in your eyesight as it streaks outward. Mm. Eldrin, you and Baba hear a slurping noise as you look over your shoulders and the dead body melts into a gel-like form and reconstitutes itself as it turns almost into a jelly and reforms into the familiar face of Bruno Vino. You know, the frightening thing, more than anything else, is that Todd is frequently right, and that chills me to the core. Some mid-show announcements that we're going to run through really quickly. Harland is still popping up as a guest on the pop-up film cast, so check him out over there. Jamie continues to provide you with all the gaming news you could ever need on the Three Angry Gamers podcast. And Anthony and Jazz are a heck of a lot more active on social media than your DM is right now, so don't hesitate to hit him up. Our weekly streaming show is up and running. The first couple episodes are going to be dedicated to DM splaining, but we've got some really cool stuff planned for next month, which I think will roll into our regular streaming schedule where we do a DM splaining, some character creation episodes, and an interview talk show to kind of change it up a little bit. We will be posting the show notes from those streaming shows, any backup information, and then the VOD to our Patreon feed for our supporters in the future. 
The easiest way to stay on top of that will just be to head over to whichever streaming channel fits your choice in the show notes below and get following. And while you're clicking on stuff, why don't you head over to whichever podcast platform provides you with your entertainment and rate, review, and subscribe. I know everybody asks for it. It's a refrain that every podcast spits out at some point during these announcements. But look, there's a reason for that. It helps make us more visible to new listeners. And we absolutely appreciate your efforts to support the Party of Five. Hang out after the show for some special shout outs and to hear a little bit more about what goes on in that Patreon feed. All right, that'll do it for the announcements for this batch. So we're back on our regular schedule. Our next campaign episode will drop July 27th, and we're going to try and get some of the audio from those early streaming shows out as bonus content along the way. So keep an eye out for that. Let's head back over to the action. And he goes, why? Why do we have to find ourselves here? I did not want you to come to this. I, it is I, Bruno Vino. You have come and entered my lighthouse of vengeance. Well, it is not so much a lighthouse of vengeance as the lighthouse where I am committing acts which could be construed as vengeance, but we shall just roll with it, no? My friend Wilhelm, he worked here for many years. He loved this lighthouse. In the mercantile guild, they threw him away. They brought in their fancy machine to take the crystal and have the lenses run automatically. Wilhelm was heartbroken. This job was him, he thought. I told him, no, you are a dwarf. You are not a lighthouse. You are not a lighthouse keeper. But he saw this is who he was. He could not see himself any other place or any other way. It was devastating to him. He was going to enact a vengeance. But Wilhelm was a good man. A very good man, and he could not bring himself to harm the thing he loved, even though it betrayed him. I mean, although technically not him, although technically it was the mercantile guild which betrayed him, but he saw it as the same thing. He would not break that crystal. So one night, he climbed to the top of the lighthouse, and he hurled himself over the edge. And it was not only his body that broke on those rocks below, it was my heart that broke. So I sought vengeance. I came out and I break the lighthouse. And they fixed it. So I came out and I broke it again. They came out and they fixed it again and they left guards. And then I used magic to scare away the guards. And they sent out adventurers that was not afraid of my magic, could see through my illusions. So I knew that I needed to get stronger. So I began to experiment with the alchemy and the vine and the vino. And I found I could make my illusions real for those who were affected by my poison. And so I dosed you. I knew you would come out here. I did not want to have to do this. You seem like nice people. Well, most of you seem like nice people. I'm not sure about that one with the horns, but most of you seem like nice people. You did not point out my particularly inconsistent accent, but here we are now. I do think it is very strange that you all saw the same things. That is not normal. But who am I to judge if you have some kind of strange empathic or mental link? The chemicals from my experiment have turned me into a strange goop monster. Let me show you. Zutulo, and other stereotypical exclamation. Uh, as you can think about it for a second, the letters you found in the study were addressed to their friend and were written by Wilhelm. Wilhelm wouldn't have fucking written those letters to someone 
and just put them in a drawer. He sent them to someone, and then that person, after Wilhelm flung himself from the peak of the lighthouse tower after losing his job, his dear friend came to the lighthouse tower and began to sabotage it and began doing some experimentations, which has had an effect on his form, Roll Initiative. Hmm. You bastard, I've got to uh, get my fake uh, stilted French accent correct for the rest of this fight. <laughs> so Todd at a 24. We got Baba and Moyle at 6. Guys, do a roll-off real quick for me. Then we got Eldrin at a 17 and Fate at an 11. And then we've got Baba at a 7 and Moyle at a 6 since Baba won the roll-off. And then we're going to roll for Bruno Vino, who gets a six. And I'm just going to say he goes last. First up is Todd. Todd, you're over by the lever. You see the corpse of Willem Dafoe glob up and turn into Bruno Vino, who shouts, who blames you for the death of his friend. And Jacques, are you trying to restart the lighthouse, which he has been sabotaging? A sabotage. Your move. Um, you said the distance in this place is only like 35 feet, right? Yeah, it's 30 feet from, from end to end. It's, it, think of the top of a lighthouse. This is not a very big space. Yeah. And uh, since they haven't attacked them, are they still considered enemies? That's considered engaged. So yes, you can move up and sneak attack. Yes. I'll first see if my, I hit. A 19 will hit. All right. So I am trotting up Ope to him and giving him like a backhand smack with my sword. That should be 27th on Willem Dafoe. Bruno Vino, sorry. Wow. Max damage sweet attack. And as my next step, my next move, it's a fancy footwork back to where I left off. That is your turn. Then that brings us to Eldrin. You are up. You are in melee range with this guy. If you use your bow, you will be making attacks at disadvantage. If you move away without disengaging this turn, you would take an attack of opportunity. Can I Missy step away without taking an attack of opportunity? Yes. I am going to do that. Now, this is your first time using Misty Step, correct? Correct. All right. Walk me through what that looks like when you do that. You disappear in a puff of smoke. You pull an arrow out and tear a hole in reality and step through it portal-wise. So, yeah, I'm thinking it's more like a Nightcrawler-type situation where I just kind of poof into a... A fart in wind? Yeah, a, a, a puff of, of leaves, like one of the ninjas in Zelda, basically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, reappear uh, elsewhere. Okay. Where are you porting over to? Uh, I, I will say the lenses spinning around, you guys can see, get a feel for the position of other people on the platform. It will break, the, the speed at which they're spinning will break line of sight pretty regularly, and you aren't able to fire across the platform with any accuracy. Like if I move about here... I would still be in line of sight. You would still be in line of sight, yes. Yeah, I'm going to move right around that area there. Okay. Uh, upper right or northeastern. You poof, there's the slight sound of laughter on the wind and you reappear on the other side of the platform. Is that, that's a, a full spell action. Bonus action. That's a bonus action, no shit. Yeah. Yeah, Miss Steps a bonus action, absolutely. Yep. Is that a spell or is that a ability? It's a level two spell. Okay, cool. Then you still can attack. Yeah, and I'm going to. 
is going to draw my bow back. 14. Roll damage, 14 will hit. 12. Your arrow streaks across, hits its body, and there is a the sound of you shooting a really dense pudding or jello with an arrow. Kind of like a ballistic dummy that kind of slurp as it goes into it. Yeah. But you can tell that it that it hurt it. I still get multi-attack, right? Even though it wasn't... You get two attacks with you when you use the attack action now. Let's go for another one. 25. That will hit. I'm going to aim for just like right where his heart would be if he is indeed half heart. <laughs> and just shoot right there. Uh, 10 on damage. It, it sinks into its, its chest. And uh, if this were a regular dwarf, you would have pierced its heart. But clearly something is, something is going on with this guy. That brings us to fate. Okay, so we've got big spongy bag at us being loaded up with daggers and arrows. And then we've got laser beam of death spinning around out here, right? Uh, so fate is going to stay focused on the objective and is wanting to run in towards the interior past the, uh, the spinning lenses and try and pull one of the two levers in the center of the room. Okay, give me a, we're going to say acrobatics check. You have to do it twice to make it through the lenses while they're spinning. Ooh, two acrobatics checks, you say. All right, acrobatics, 10. Not his thing. Give me the second one, and then I'll walk you through what happens here. <laughs> I don't I don't like that idea. Sounds uncomfortable. 14. 10 and a 14. Fate goes to leap through the gap as it comes around, and you can see him kind of watching it and watching it, and he jumps through and really times it poorly and gets clipped pretty, pretty stoutly across the chest by the metal frame. Now, he makes it through, but it kind of whips him around a little bit, and he takes... Oh my God, sorry. Eight points of bludgeoning damage. Shit. You feel like you bruised a rib. Like it, it got you pretty good. <laughs> Double Dutch much? <laughs> Who's he and out of breath? He's confident he's got it this next time and goes to dive in, but he did not have it. Oh. Much closer this time. Almost makes it. Almost as if he needed to roll a 15 or higher to make it in and roll a 14. <laughs> but he gets clipped a second time for four, another four points of damage. So Fate takes a total of 12 points of bludgeoning damage, but is now in the interior. Jesus. Uh, right, Fate, are you positioning yourself by one of the levers? Yes. On the left or the right? Uh, Wait, are you asking the left or right lever or left or right of the lever? Left or right lever. Uh, The closest lever to me, and I would like to be just slightly north of it. Okay, that would be the one on the right. Um, that doesn't matter. The, the area is small enough that being there, if the beam goes that way, you're going to get hit by it. I'm going to say that uses up all of your movement because of the extra dodging and spinning around that you have to do, but I will let you pull the lever this turn. All right, hold on. He's got a fate's, fate's catching his breath. Okay, and lever. All right, lever, lever clicks into place. That brings us to Baba. Then more. Baba, seeing that he has been left alone with Mr. Vino, and he, he looks exactly like he looked when we saw him last time. Nothing. Exactly. Down to the same outfit, all the way across the board, looks exactly like him. Yeah, I just get behind the shield and uh, slash away. Slash away with the overhand. Give me a roll to hit. I will rage before that, though. That's probably a good call. Roar! That is his rage. That's what it sounds like? Roar! Yeah. Yeah. No. My eyes go white. Sister appears to my left. Random old lady to my right. <laughs> a familiar old lady that you recognize from the Feywild pops in. Go get him! <laughs> get him like you got me! <laughs> 
We prepare for battle. Women Awareness Month. <laughs> 14. A 14 just hits. Oh, okay. Eight damage. So that was the overhand hit that comes down. Is he, you said he's what race? I forgot. Bruno Vino is a stilt dwarf. He does appear to be wearing his stilt dwarf rig, but it's not currently engaged. Okay. So think a French and Cajun background. That's kind of the background that the stilt dwarves are patterned after. And his garb has a very uh, medieval French sommelier look to it. Average dwarf height and build. He's a shopkeeper. He's not, he's not a warrior. Okay. So yeah, going down overhead at his head. And then with the second attack, I'll try and like kind of do a low sweep after coming around with the overhead. Boom. For 25 on the attack. That will hit. 11 on the damage. As you sweep through him, your Yikolub is passing through his body. And again, it's like it's taking your blade through a, a semi-solid. And you can tell that the magic uh, of your blade, it kind of sizzles and burns as it passes through him. He's not looking great, but he is still chugging along. And so after those two hits... I put my shield in front of me and the, my two femme fatales jump in front of me to distract him as we continue the fight. Moyle, your go. I think since I'm low on spells, I'd like to charm him. How far away am I? You would you would be able to move around to the other side of it and, and cast charm, but you would have to move over to the, the left-hand side of the platform to get a, a clear line of sight with him, either similar to where Eldrin is positioned or over by Todd. Is moving all I can do? No, no, no. You're, you've, so you've got 30 feet of movement. So you can pretty much move anywhere on this platform as part of your movement. That's completely separate from your action. Unless you wanted to use your action to perform a special movement like a dash or a disengage or something like that. I'll move to Todd the Unicorn. So you, you position yourself over by Todd where you can get a straight line of sight on Bruno Vino? On Bruno Vino. Okay. And I will cast Charm Person. I'll warm up my hands. And... Uh, some of my uh, scales flake off and I crush them into my hand into a fine powder and then blow it out. And this dust blows into his face. So the, the dust blows into his face and he looks over at you and he goes, you fool, your spell has no effect on someone who does not need to breathe. He is immune to the charm effect. Baba, go ahead and give me a wisdom saving throw. Okay, you see Bruno level one of his hands at Baba and it glops into this pseudopod and it shoots out and envelops Baba's head. Baba, you take, oh my God, could I roll worse shit damage? You immediately take 11 psychic damage as you feel him consume some of your memories. Oof. The good ones of his childhood or? No, no, just recent, recent memories. <laughs> The target takes psychic damage and becomes memory drained until it finishes a short or long rest or until it benefits from a greater restoration or heal spell. While memory drained, the target must roll a d4 and subtract the number rolled from any ability check or attack roll it makes. Each time the target is memory drained, the die size increases by 1. d4 becomes a d6, the d6 becomes a d8 until it becomes a d20, at which point the target becomes unconscious for one hour. The effect then ends. And so that's the, the first thing that happens is he shoots out this gloopy pseudopod. It wraps around your head, Baba, and there's a pulse and you feel a haziness begin to seep in. But I'm not I'm not restrained or held or anything like that. OK, he glopped you. It's a multi attack. So basically the, the pseudopod withdraws after he is he's, he's drawn out that psychic energy from you. 
you then see like a chunk of him split out and shape into the form of Baba that looks exactly like him. So there is now a Bruno Vino and a Baba standing next to him across from Baba. And then he shoots out another pseudopod as an attack with you, Baba, as his other multi-attack with a 23 to hit. I'm assuming that hits. It hits. Mm-hmm. So that will be 10 points of bludgeoning damage to have to five. Mm-hmm. And then another six points of psychic damage as he lashes out with another pseudopod that blasts into you. And while your rage shields you from the pain of the blunt impact, there is this lash of psychic energy into your brain. And this time there's not a drawing out, but just this spike of pain that echoes through your skull. That's 11, right? Yeah, 11. Okay, yeah. This other guy that he split out that looks like Baba is going to advance on Moyle and Todd. And Todd, give me a wisdom saving throw. What the hell is this guy doing? Fucking us up. That's a good save. Good save, though. And so he splutes out with a pseudopod and he tries to wrap it around your head and he gets in there and he's like, oh my God. <laughs> Todd, what, what is going on in your head? All you think about is yourself. I just, blah, I don't want to have anything to do with it. And he flips out another <laughs> pseudopod at you. Does a 23 hit, Todd. That just means my armor class is 15, so yes. So yes, a 23 will hit. So you're going to take ugh, 10 points of bludgeoning damage as... He raises his, what looks like Baba's Yikula at you, but as it juts forward is like a goopy Akira fleshy limb that slams into your head, doing six points of bludgeoning damage and another five of psychic damage as it lances into you. Wait a second. I have, uh, what is it that takes half my damage? Uncanny dodge. Okay. When attack you see hits you with an attack, you can use your reaction to have the attack's damage against you. Correct. You So you're going to use your uncanny dodge? I can only use my reaction for that. I can't use hellish rebuke, right? You you can do one or the other. Yeah. I can use either or. Either or. Um, then I'm just going to go with uncanny dodge. Okay. So yeah, half the damage. Like, like a boxer, he's slipping. He slips the left and the right and he backs up again, but he still takes a few body blows. And how much damage did you do? 10 bludgeoning and 5 psychic, so 15 total, so that would have down to 7. Oh, uncanny dodge, thank you. Okay. So it is my turn now, isn't it? Uh, yep, we're back to the top of the order. Give me a perception check real quick, Todd. Good rolls. 19. With that 19, you can actually see like a tiny little, almost like a tendril that it's it's hard to see because it's been shifted to look like the color of the platform, but there's almost like a tiny little tendril connecting the Blob Baba and Bruno Vino. Oh, so are you saying I can see the difference between them? No, I'm saying these two things are connected. You can see like a, almost like an, like an umbilical cord running to, along the ground between the two of them, but it is almost camouflaged to be hard to see, but you rolled exceptionally well on your perception check. So I'm going to go for the, the tendril that I see, the connection tendril. Okay, roll to hit. Oh, shit. There goes <laughs> 10. <laughs> uh, you stab down into the platform and there's a large clang as you completely miss this thing. All right. I'm going with another, another hit. Another one. Short sword. There we go. 26. You slice through the tendril and the goo baba dissolves into a puddle of mucus and spite. And that is your turn. Okay. Puddle of goo and spite. <laughs> and that'll bring us to Eldrin. So I got to put my hunter's mark on Bruno and then I will attempt to hit him. 12. Your arrow sails off into the night and you hear the discordant shriek of a sea owl. <laughs> 
take its last breath. All right, going for another one, I guess. 13. God damn. <laughs> you sail another arrow off into the night, and the sea owls, who made for life, mate, who, who moments before had experienced a stabbing grief at the loss of its partner, experiences an actual stabbing pain. <laughs> <laughs> and you hear another <laughs> as it spirals down into the sea. Fate, you're up. Fate's flipping the other switch. As you pull that other switch, it clicks into place and then all the switches reset and nothing changes. And oh, thank you for reminding me when you said the switch, I forgot to roll the laser right last round. So we're going to go ahead and roll that real quick. Position five. A beam shoots out to the south and doesn't connect with anyone. Fate, if you want to give me an investigation check on the levers, I will let you do that and that'll end your turn. Yes, I will do that because I need to figure out how to stop all this. He's over there doing wasted rolls. There's a laser trying to kill everything. So, you know, stopping that. Or the guy that's actually killing us, the one that's actually killing us. I think that both things are equally shitty right now. Says the person not getting bludgeoned. <laughs> we didn't get hit by the laser, though, so. 24. When you actually stop for a second and look at the levers, now that you guys have pulled them all once and started the encounter and started paying attention to what's going on, there is a dwarven letter at the base of each, at least the two that you can see close to you by that inner housing by the glowing crystal. The letter T and letter Y in Dwarven are inscribed in the base of the letters. Those are the two that's inside, right? That's the two that Fate can see on the inside, correct. Uh, can Fate telepath uh, to either Todd or... Did you guys activate your telepathy when you had a moment before the battle started? Nope. Nope. I, I was going to ask you, actually, if I could free action and catch eye contact with someone to start that with just one, not the whole party. Mm-hmm. I was gonna ask. <laughs> it is a mutual decision. You guys have to all acknowledge and do it. And understandably, nobody's paying a ton of attention to fate right now. Yeah, that's fair. Oh. <laughs> like, don't get me wrong. Todd took to the time to laugh at you when you got clocked by the two things, but then Goo Baba tried to take him out, so he, he refocused up. <laughs> so Bruno shouts out, Gentlemen, why? Why? I did not think you were pawns of the mercantile guild. I thought you were better than this, and here you are, trying to restart their mechanism of hate and trade. And that is, Bobby, your turn. So I'm connected to the thing. It's got me by the head, correct? No, no, no. That pseudopod oozed off. Oh, okay. He will make a separate attack uh, on you the next round. He'll shoot out another pseudopod. You'll have to make another saving throw. Okay. I wasn't sure if it stayed around and kept sucking. It sucks a little bit of your psychic energy and then retreats back into his body. Okay. Well, in that case, we're... we're... Oh, damn it. He had disadvantage on trying to hit everybody else. Mm, The goo baba was trying to hit everybody else. Oh, okay. Okay. Different entity. Okay. All right. Well, in that case, I will continue to try and ragingly cut and pierce at the one that's in front of me. Wow. Oh. I'm not even going to make you roll the D4 to subtract on that one because the 10 will miss. <laughs> you stab into it and you're, for many, you forget how to use a fucking yikula, dude. It's really disturbing. Like, you're like, wait a minute. <laughs> what? Where's the point in that again? <laughs> right. And, and so I, I will try again because I think I got, I think I, I, I remember this time. It's, this is the point in. I do remember. <laughs> Even if you rolled a four on the D4, that 21 would still hit. All right. And so I tried the same combo as last time. So I missed the overhead this time, but come around at the legs once again. 
with a 15 Good God, man. Yeah, that is, that is a pretty steady blow. Again, you can see that sizzling and it staggers a little bit as your Yikola passes through him. He is not, or it, I guess would be more appropriate, not very happy. Moyle, you're up. Uh, so I want to cast Blindness Deafness on Bruno Vino. Does it do both or do you have to pick one? Uh, I have to pick one. So I'm going to pick Blindness. I have my cane with the skull on it and I stare at Bruno Vino intensely, eyes really wide like Papa Shango. And then I might gouge my fingers into the eyes of the skull on my cane in a sort of voodoo manner, like he's the uh, a voodoo doll. You see his eyes turn... The, the glassy white of someone who whose eyes have been damaged to the point of blindness. But then two little orbs pop up out of his head on eye stalks and pivot over towards you and you hear a, You fool! I see through my skin, not my eyes! Bruno Vino is immune to the blind and deaf status effects. I apologize for that, Moyle. There was a couple of really good spell casting. This, this thing, though, is immune to the, the particular status effects that, that you've picked. <laughs> yeah, Moyle, you just hit him with the hammers. You've established he cannot be charmed. He also cannot be blinded. I'll give you that he can't be deafened either. So then that brings us to uh, Bruno Vino's turn. Baba, give me a wisdom saving throw as he lashes out and latches onto your skull again with his gooey pseudopod. Oh, shit. <laughs> With a three, uh, you are going to take... It teetered on a 20 for a second. They did. They landed on the two hard. (laughs) You take 15 psychic damage as he consumes another block of your memories. Another wave of your skill seeps out. Your penalty on rolls now is a D6 and another goo baba splits off of him. Bruno swings at you with his regular pseudopod and that's going to be a hit. Damn. Welcome to level five, fellas, where the creatures don't fuck around. For six bludgeoning damage, which is half to three, and then the spiky pain of the psychic damage, which you take another three points. So uh, six points of total damage from that. The Goo Baba pivots and advances on you again, Todd and Moyle. This time, Moyle, it's going to lash out at you. Give me a wisdom saving throw. With an eight, you feel it start to leach into your... I mean, you're familiar with short-term memory loss, Moyle. Jesus Christ. I am. He's like, he's searching, he's searching, scouring around, trying to find some me- memory to get rid of. Oh, fuck. Uh, you take Jesus 23 psychic damage as he delves deep into you. And this is, feels like one of your worst blackouts yet. What does psychic damage do to my hit points? It's 23 points of damage. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, it's just, it's a, just a damage type. Oh, okay. All right. So I'm almost dead. Then. You're not done yet. A goo moyle splits off from goo. Baba and is in front of Todd God damn it. and is going to lash out at Todd with a regular pseudopod. Mm-mm. Am I saving throw? No. No, no, no. This is just a roll to hit. So 16 hits Todd. A 15. I'm at 15. So yeah. Great. I need the, I need the healing potion that I gave you. <laughs> you have those experimental potions, Moyle. Is that seven? That's it? Nope. That's not it, Todd. Hang on. 14 points of damage, seven physical, seven psychic. You can use your reaction to half it. Yeah, I will definitely half that. So it's another seven points of damage. Correct. And then we are going to roll for our beam. Oh, Jesus Christ. Which fires off at True North. And that will bring us back to the top of the order. Oh, my gosh. All right. So we have two. We have a fake Baba and a fake Moyle. Moyle. Yep. All right. 
And before anything happens, you you hear Bruno go, and his voice comes out of all three bodies simultaneously. My friends, I do not want to kill you. I already feel bad for dosing you with your wine and the bottles with the concoction that I have created to strengthen the powers of my illusory magic. It makes you more susceptible. That's why you saw all those things. This is just a normal lighthouse. There are none of that crazy things. You just believed it so intently. It did, however, mutate me into this weird blob. Beast, but it has its advantages, no? And both of the uh, goo clones point over him and give him a thumbs up, like, yeah, dude, you got it, man. <laughs> you the man, boss. <laughs> uh, so, look, you can leave now. Why do you want to help the Mercantile Guild? Kill the source, you fools. Okay. Not the clones. All right. So, okay. So, can I see the tendrils on these guys, too? You know what to look for, so you can spot them, yes. Both of them are in range. You could get, I mean, assuming you're getting the one in front of you first, you could then pivot and get the one in front of. Yeah. The roll to hit. See what happens. With one attack? No, it's two separate attacks. Okay. Okay. That's what I was so you slice down on the first one, sever the tendal, and goo moil dissolves into a puddle of goo and righteous delirium. All right. Now with my other hit offhand, I'm going to try the other one. Mm-hmm. 17. You sever the other one and goo baba dissolves into a pile of bubbling goo and guilty regret. That should give everyone else a chance to hit this guy and take him down because they don't have to worry about the other two now. So I'm good with that. All right. That is Eldrin's turn. Okay. I am going to use my last level two spell and cast Spike Grow around the one that is fighting Baba? Not yeah, that's the only one currently up. Yeah, okay, good. Then, yeah, around the eye. <laughs> All right, so what is the area of effect of spike growth? Uh, the ground in a 20-foot radius centered on a point within range twists and sprouts hard spikes and thorns. Area becomes difficult terrain for the duration. When a creature moves into or within the area, it takes 2d4 piercing damage for every five feet it travels. You said 20-foot? Yeah. Does that do that for everybody? This platform is a 30-foot radius, so you're going to get two-thirds of the platform with spikes. <sighs> All right, hold on a second, then. Wait, 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 wait. Shoot the J. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Just shoot him. Why is that killing him? Well, I was thinking that uh, if the, the other ones fucking came out, that they wouldn't get to you guys because they would... So it doesn't instantly do damage. It's movement-based. Right. So it would prevent any clones from coming over and attacking Baba and, I'm sorry, Moyle and Todd. It would also fuck Todd or Moyle from going over. Yeah, I can't move. <laughs> and it wouldn't stop him from having two clones attacking Baba at that point. But they can see the area when the spell is cast. Is that not... I mean, it's just moving through it. You know what I mean? What the what the whole visibility is, is you can cast that in front of you to prepare like a defensive perimeter as an archer. You can see it's bad if somebody gets in your face as an archer. Mm-hmm. So if you misty step away and then spike growth in front of you, if somebody tries to charge up and close on you again, they're going to get real fucked up. They're going to pay for trying to close in on you. Well, I don't want to fuck up everyone yeah. else's movement, though, so that's fine. I'll, 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 just, I'll just use my bonus action to planar warrior the fuck out of this guy. All right. And, all right, big whammy, no whammies. 23 will hit. So, 15. Oof, yeah, your gleaming arrow blasts into him. He does not like it. And then I will attack again. 22. Will hit. Still another 11. Bruno's not looking 
looking real hot. Even with the goop reforming after it, you can see he almost starts to look translucent. Like his the the color uh, and the definition which he's able to provide to his shape of this dwarven sommelier is now almost like become paler and more translucent. And he's now looking more and more just kind of like a giant gummy bear, almost. That is fate. Your turn. Cool. Keeping in mind, in order for you to do really anything other than pull those two levers where you're at, you're going to have to make two acrobatics checks to get back out. I mean, mm. but I can I can just cast a spell at it. What are you trying to What are you trying to cast? Oh, there's so many options. I mean, <laughs> so I mean, I could definitely ma- uh, magic missile because that just says I hit. Period. But yeah, but is that a line of sight? Because remember, we said that the spinning mirrors would would consistently break line of sight. Because think about a like if you've ever been up in a lighthouse, those lenses aren't they are like a thick curved lens so you can see shapes on the other side of them but you can't clearly see them it's not like looking through a magnifying glass so and these things are spinning extremely rapidly so that line of like every couple of seconds that line of sight is broken what you're saying is that I need something that just moves that will be able to shoot the J at that moment where I've got that second of line of sight no I'm saying that's not possible I'm saying (laughs) if you've got a spell that doesn't require line of sight you can cast it fireball no! <laughs> <laughs> Just kind of tease Mario. Do it. Do it. You can thunder wave if he was closer. <laughs> so here's what I would allow with this fate. Mm-hmm. Again, we established that this is a 30-foot circle. Yes. Yeah, and, and there is a roof on the lens housing and crystal chamber. So it's not like you could shoot this thing and arc it up and over. Now, the radius is a 20-foot radius. You you could straight up shoot this thing at your feet, and as we already established, the 20 feet would get two-thirds and blast it out. It would wrap around the lenses and hit this guy, but that it's also going to hit you, Baba, the Bruno Vino, Moyle, and Todd. How many people can you shape spell with? I got three points. Uh. <laughs> See, that's not my concern at this point, how many people I can save with that. <laughs> What I'm more worried about is the uh, damage to the lenses and whatnot that we're supposed to be fixing. Oh, and the, yeah, the complicated mechanical apparatus that's spinning around you at high speeds, the right. brass and wood levers, and then the right. apparently extremely powerful magical crystal. Right. Yeah, those would also, some of those would also be hit. Yeah. So, what if I gave you that instead of not blowing up my friends, I'll just not blow up any of the device and myself. So how many items can you shape spell on? Can I throw out a suggestion? Maybe healing some of us? Is that only my job? I, I couldn't, I can't get a potion to you without damn near dying at the moment. You know, wizards don't have, it was, he didn't have healing spells. That is, that is your job. <laughs> I know. Dang, I got three hit points left. <laughs> Yes. So it would be four people. I mean, what do you give me with the ability to spare four people? Three levers and the crystal are in the target zone. So you can spare all the item, all the mechanisms and take the hit or you can spare yourself and three of the mechanisms. Either Fate's taking the hit and sparing the mechanisms or Fate's not taking the hit and you got to pick one thing that could potentially be harmed by it. All right. And it, would still, it would still be us too. How many hit points do you have? <laughs> yeah. And then you are generally guaranteed to fucking kill Moyle, hurt Todd and Baba, and hopefully kill Bruno Vino. 
Todd will be fine. Todd is fire resistant, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's not fire immune. No. I, I take yeah, I take half damage on fire. Half damage. You know what? You know what? Here we go. Silnox snowballs form right there. Flurry of magic snowballs erupts from a point I choose within range. That means they just pop up from right there where I say they are going to be at. That's what we're going with. Okay. It's a level two. I'm going to upcast it to a level three to get some extra damage and I'm focusing it on the uh, the goo monster and Baba is going to deal with it because he's going to get caught in this. He saved me. Oh yeah, I can do that. So yeah, I, 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 I self-gulped him out of it. <laughs> I was like, yeah, you had a spite. You're like, fuck it. You're taking this damage. Now. <laughs> like, what did I do? <laughs> Spell sculpt him out of it for a total of 13 damage. All right, so he's got to make a dexterity save? He's got to make a DC 16, yeah. So he does not save. So how much damage does he take? That's that 13, 13 damage. Fate, you summon into being this giant snowball that plonks down on top of Bruno Vino, completely enveloping him. And he disappears for a second. Then the snow kind of crumbles away and he is frozen solid. You see him teeter a little bit and he tips over the edge of the railing, falls 120 feet down off the edge of the lighthouse and shatters into a thousand icy dead little pieces on the ground below. Nice. Combat is over. Got him. That was close. A little too close. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it's not over, first of all. I want y'all to know I almost fireballed the shadow of everybody. I was I was I was right here. I was I was gonna fireball the shadow of all of y'all. But you know, we fit we found we figured it out, people. Oh, I know. <laughs> We're gonna stay in initiative order because until you guys figure out what to do with the levers, that thing is gonna fire off a laser every round. Oh no. Can, um right, now we need to look at the uh the runes on these. Uh, bu- 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 do you guys don't know about the runes, only fate knows about the runes. Yeah. Oh. Can we roll an investigation to figure out what to do next? Well, fate can yell to you guys. Let's let's pretend we're in a TV show. I was going to like <laughs> jump up and say, hey, and get everybody's attention so they focus on me. Yes. And then activate the mind link. Can we see him enough to activate it? The things are still spinning. Yeah, you guys can see him enough. Uh, but I mean, you know, okay. you, I mean, you, you might want to say, hey, mind link. <laughs> Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, sure. We'll go with that. Go like this, like point, point at your temples. <laughs> you guys need to develop some kind of universal sign language for this. I'm going to jump up as high as I can <laughs> and also strike the uh, uh, the roll safe pose to point at my head. <laughs> so okay. mine, that's, 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 the, that's, the, that's the universal symbol for mind link for now on. That roll safe. Mind link. Poof. You guys are mind link. All right. What did we do last time for the mind link to have to tell an embarrassing fact about yourself? Was it a charisma saving throw? Oh, it was. It, it was. All right. Everybody give me a charisma save. <laughs> oh, God damn it. Mind link's got a little bit stronger, y'all. God damn it. Seven. I got a five. That's good. So fate doesn't have to roll the Christmas save because it's them exposing themselves to my brain, right? Nope, nope, nope. Roll the save, fate. Nope. That's, not how that, that's not how it works. All nope. Right. 14. That's guy got to save. Nope. I'm not saved. 15 or higher, gents. Ah, what? Baba, what you got for us? It's not happening. All right, cool. Let's go in character introduction order, starting with Todd. Todd, give us your fun or embarrassing fact that now is shared amongst the group. The first time I went into battle, I didn't just pee on myself. Let's just throw that out there. Let's just say that. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> we learned the secret origins of there's no bathroom on the battlefield. N- n- nice. Moyle, what you got? <laughs> I walked in, or I 
looked in and I saw Gudrun naked. How did you feel about seeing your adopted mom naked? That's the embarrassing part. Uh, very, very conflicted because I was coming of age and that was one of the first naked women I saw. So I was slightly aroused and disgusted. All right, moving on to Eldrin. About, she was about 100 years old. Just wanna... And tiny, and tiny. <laughs> and very tiny. I was thinking about the time that I accidentally farted really bad in the in the Winamajo on the way over here, and I blamed it on Todd. Fate. <laughs> um, fate actually failed most of his early magic classes, like. Everything ex- outside of evocation, he was just bombing like complete Fs. He had to take, he had to retake the, his entire first semester over and over again. So, despite how smug he sounds about how good he did in school, he failed quite a bit. And Baba, bring it home. Baba's actually very impressed with Todd's fighting style. Oh God, Ooh, that is. <laughs> That's the worst. That is is embarrassing. I'm surprised not everyone else has that too. We'll see. We'll see. That is that is stakes. That is that is stakes, man. Okay, you guys are mind linked. Go ahead, and you guys can now communicate across the mind link. All right, good job, everybody. First off, I want to give a quick round of applause and. Now, um, I need to know what's sh- what. What you guys can tell me about the uh, the other levers? I found runes on the two that are over here, but um, I don't want to try and step back out because um, that that hurt a lot when I got hit. I don't know if y'all saw that. If you didn't, that's good. Uh, so, no, we did. I definitely saw it. I definitely saw it. Moyle, you good? Because if not, I, I, I think I would like to take this potion. Um, I'm I'm not I'm not feeling good. Uh, no, I'm not good. I have three. Oh, okay. Points left. All right. Well, then I'll uh, I'll hold off just in case. How many points do you have left? Uh, more than three. But yeah, I'm just I'm I'm hurt. But it's all good. It's, you know. Again, I have no spells left either. All right, Todd's gonna investigate the the lever closest to. Him. Okay, does Todd speak Dwarven? Yeah, I was just gonna say, like, can anyone read these other than Fate? Oh, shit. I mean, if you can, like, you know, gen- generally describe what it looks like, I should be able to figure out what it is. Then what we're going to do is I will text you a letter, Todd, and I want you to describe it. What? <laughs> to who? This is going to be how we role play through describing a letter to somebody. <laughs> and you're doing the one by the stairs? Yes. So now obviously the Dwarven rune wouldn't look exactly like this, but for the sake of expediency and inventing a fake alphabet and teaching you all that fake alphabet so I could send, send you pictures of the fake alphabet, we're going to say that it, it does in this case. So I sent you, the second thing I sent you, Harland, if you can describe that to fate and he can understand it, we'll say he can uh, understand this room. Do you know the shape of when, the, the way your hair looks because you're balding? You've got that like, like one side of your hair go all the way back, come all the way around to the front, like a horseshoe almost. Are you, are you trying to tell me that you're going bald, Todd? Is that what the hat's for? No, your hairline. Your, your specific hairline. You know how it's like a horseshoe? Uh, sure. Sure. We'll go with that just for you. Do you know what shape a horseshoe would be in? Uh, yes. Horseshoes. Uh, yes. Yes. Okay. I got, I got you. I got you. Okay. I think I'm following. Is that, is that what you're telling me? The rune looks like is similar to that horseshoe shape? Yes. Okay. All right. All right. Yes. Well, and what would that be? 
Jazz? I believe that is a, a, a U, a dwarven U. That is correct. You've got a U on that first and then a T-Y on the two <laughs> levers on the inside. U and I, T-Y. Oh, <laughs> Unity. <laughs> so I'm going, Unity. I, I, I went with U and I, T-Y. <laughs> Eldrin, are you describing the one next to you? Yeah, I'm going to go to this one over here. The northeastern lever. Uh, I'll go to the southeast if... Uh, Okay, back to the one that you were originally by. Yeah. How come I think we got to pull this all together? I hope not, because then someone's got to go in the middle. Okay, so imagine like two sticks standing in the ground and then a third stick that was like leaning between the two sticks. Oh, God. Okay. Um, <laughs> two sticks in the ground, a third stick. In the- oh, okay. Okay. All right. Like, like, at, a, like at a diagonal angle. Yes. Um, okay, so uh, is that a okay? So is that going to be a dwarven N? That is correct. It would be a dwarven N. Okay, all right. That's where you get beer. <laughs> <laughs> we should have really let Baba go to that other one. Andrew, I mean, Moyle doesn't know. He can barely read. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. So uh, mine, uh, mine looks like a, a strong erect uh, penis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I figured that's where we were going. I knew it was going there. I, I knew it was going there. Uh, emphasis on the strong. <laughs> okay. Should I do that in the Moyle voice? Yes. Uh, mine looks like a strong, erect penis. <laughs> so not yours. What was that? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> oh, there's no asides in telepathic communication, gentlemen. There's no nothing. There's oh. no what was that? Anything you guys say when you're mind link is heard. And it hurts. It hurts, gentlemen. <laughs> what is your guess? It's got to be an I. That is correct. You have the letters okay. U-N-I-T-Y. Okay. Unity. Unity. Okay. So if I'm, if I'm putting all this together right, then I believe we've got the Dorvan room for spelling unity, does that mean we should probably flip all the levers at once? That sounds pretty, pretty pretty probable. Yeah. Or should we just do them in order? What? Should we try them in order to spell out unity or should we do them all five at once? I mean, we could try all at once and then if that doesn't work, do it in order. Yeah. Okay. Well, then somebody else needs to come here with me. I'll do it. I have a ton of hit points still, so I'm good. Okay. Give me an acrobatics check to make it through the first ring. All right. So then someone has to go to where Eldrin was. Yeah. They would do that. Baba could, Baba oh. could move over there. Oh, <laughs> that's athletics. Wait, you said yeah. acrobatics, right? You said acrobatics. I did the wrong one. My bad. Uh, okay, that's better. Well, dude, I'm not. I'm not. Okay. Yeah. Well, no, the first roll still counts. It's just one. It's <laughs> one higher. It's one higher. You rolled on the seven on the first roll, so you get eleven on the first one. So you try and do this uh, elven spin in plie, elven plie. It clips you just as bad as fate did for seven points of damage. But then your second roll of a twenty-three, you actually you okay. actually do learn from your mistake the first time around. <laughs> and are able to majestically hop into the interior. Burn. So you guys are all now next to a lever. Are you guys pulling it at the same time? Yes. 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 Are you guys doing that on three? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Faith's going to count out and we're going to do it actually on three, not three, then pull. Okay. <laughs> So it's one, two, pull, not one, two, three, pull. So got it. Yeah, uh, ready? Got it. One, two, pull, pull, pull. pull. 
I am going to give you guys one last laser blast before that happens because a lot had to go down here to get us there. And that's six. Right as you guys get lined up to pull the laser, a giant glowing beam streaks out and passes over Eldrin. Todd. Todd? What? Todd. Todd. Yep. Mm, Todd. Yeah. Yep. You yeah. do not count? One, two, three, four, five. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Todd, yeah. give me a constitution saving throw. Don't think this is going to work. A 10 will not work. Uh, roll a D for me? Mm-mm. Oh, Jesus Christ. You're going to be blind, aren't you? The beam washes over Todd, and he is transformed into... Oh, no. Todd is polymorphed into a chicken. <laughs> <laughs> Todd, you are a chicken. You have a chicken level of intelligence, although you do retain your personality. Uh, The good news is this is not permanent, but you are currently uh, in a chicken. A chicken. Um, If you give me a strength check, uh, let me look up chicken stats real quick. I'll give you the opportunity to pull the lever. Oh, shit. Arise, chicken. Chicken boo, what has happened to you? You don't act like... I wear a disguise look like human guys. But you're you're not not a man. man. You're a chicken boo. (laughs) <laughs> when it polymorphed him, it didn't polymorph him straight into a chicken. He looks like a chicken with tiefling horns and little hat on. Like, it's not a pure polymorph spell. There's definitely something weird going on here. There's two cute little short swords strapped to him. <laughs> You've got a uh, negative four penalty to strength as you make this roll. If you can give me a 10 or higher, I will say you're able to push that lever over. Oh, Todd. Oh, shit. Come on. Good roll. Oh. oh. What did I need? I need a 14. Oh, you did need a 14. Yeah, you did need a 14. 14. You got a th- <laughs> I got a 14, right? You got a 13. One short. Yeah, 13. Nah, <laughs> I think it could be a 14. I can't count. Wait, don't I get a modifier, though? Wait, 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 wait. What's his strength? He didn't add it to it. He has a minus four penalty. No, he has a minus four because he's a chicken. Yeah. Oh, as a chicken. He's, he's oh, a chicken, oh, yeah. Yeah, damn. All that means is I get to make another laser roll <laughs> before he tries again. So we're going to roll another laser roll, and it goes due north, Oof. missing everybody. Todd, give me another strength check as Todd the chicken attempts to push the uh, push the lever. Push the lever. <laughs> oh, man. Repeat. Oh, if I, used, if I used the saving throw, that'd be plus one, and I'd get the I'd get the the fourteen. Right, you don't have that anymore. You don't have that stat anymore because you're a chicken. You have to take the chicken strength. Oh, uh, so it's just straight rolls, the straight up roll. Yeah, Chicken Todd struggles mightily again, and you can see the lever shiver as it almost moves. The lever should be getting weaker, so I, I give it a little strength. So for Moyle, give me a Constitution saving throw. Oh no, twelve. <laughs> Oh, wait, can I use my inspiration on this? You absolutely can and probably should. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Use that shit. <laughs> and what do I get with the inspiration? A better... You get to roll it again. It'd be here. Oh, God, worse. Oh. oh, goodness, a 10. Not very inspiring. Do you go with the 12? Ro- Moyle, roll a D8 for me. So are we hearing Todd's thoughts now in chicken? Do you go like... <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, you're still hearing Chad, and, and you can understand it, but it is box, but you are still able to translate it. <laughs> okay. Four. Moyle, you transform into... Something stronger than a chicken, please. A pig. Oh, thank God. Well, a pig? A pig, yeah. <laughs> That's not kosher. <laughs> Moyle and Todd. Let me look up pig stats real quick. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, so it's a flat strength roll for the pig. So you just got to get a 10 or higher on the die. Moyle, Todd, you've got to continue to get a... On a strength roll? Yeah, on a strength roll. So Todd and Moyle, give me strength rolls. But every time I try, aren't I weakening the thing? It should be getting less. Nope. 11. Oh my God. God, oh man, <laughs> I wonder what this feels like to not be able to accomplish a feat, feat of strength. This is this is embarrassing for you. So that is position three. Through the laser beams off to the east. Fate, give me a constitution saving throw. Uh, oh, my God. <laughs> We're going to be forever. Would it be worse because he's right next to the beam? We are going to we are going to all turn into animals and just be stuck up here. For Why are you trying to make it worse? <laughs> Wait a second, wait a second, wait a second. Can't that like shield the the ray? Shield doesn't affect magical effects, yeah. right? Uh it does magic missile. Yeah. It's not a magic missile. It's a giant magical beam of eldritch energy that is polymorphing you guys into cute animal versions of yourself. Like, again, Pig Moyle isn't just a flat pig. It's Pig Moyle wearing a little piggy hat. It's got the little his little version of his staff tied to him. Can I be like, so I like to think of myself more like Oolong from Dragon wow. Ball. Okay. <laughs> what about constitution save? Constitution save. Yep. Ton, ton. Uh, 14. Oh, God. So close. Not, fate. not close. So give me a D8, yeah, please. Yeah. <laughs> Damn it. When do I get out of polymorph? Eight. A fate turns into a bull. Oh, wait. Oh, yay. yay. There you go. I think That's you'll end up actually getting a bonus. Yeah, you got a plus just, three to strength. Yeah, I just upgraded in this ability. <laughs> <laughs> so, fate polymorphs into a bull wearing wizard's robes. I imagine fate looking like Ferdinand. All my animal friends give me strength <laughs> checks. Again, your goal is to get a 10 higher. So, Moyle, you need a 10 on the die. Todd, you need a 14. I already rolled it an 11. That's fine. I won't make you guys who pass the check keep <laughs> checking it. I'll say that you guys have, have figured out how to position yourself. I get a plus three. I've only got to roll a seven. This is great. When I get a 14. Oh, my fucking God. Yeah. Fate, you get hit a second time by the beam. Give me another constitution oh, saving no. throw. Oh, no. Yeah, you're going to be a different animal. He just rolled the, the 18, though. The beam passes over you. But no, no, the 18 was for the strength, for the moving the lever. Then give me the saving throw. Why did I say that? Why did I, I say know. that? I don't know why I said it. Why I did know. you say that? I know. <laughs> Hold on. Give me the saving throw, bud. You got Son of a bitch. Just be glad this shit didn't happen in the middle of battle. That's funny. This it would have been real bad if it happened in the middle of that fight. If only we had looked at the fucking levers. Uh, I passed. The, seven, the 17 passes. All right. Anim, uh, Todd, Chicken Todd, it's all on you, buddy. Give me another roll. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Can you help out the group? A 14? It's not easy. It's not easy to get a 14. It's like, act like it's easy. You know what? You got a four. I mean. It's like you were thinking about it. You know what? I have I have zero remorse for him. You rolled 20s all day, and now you're rolling shit. I know. <laughs> It keeps getting lower. None. Oh my god! I have zero remorse for him because all I'm remembering is everybody climbing my ass trying to climb that fucking rope. So you know what? I hope he, I hope he keeps failing. <laughs> oh yeah, no, for sure. This is way worse than that. The most scathing sounds of vindicated <laughs> keeps coming through, and you know what it means that fucking fate is taking this shit. But it's still funny to hear fucking sarcastic. <laughs> all right, so the beam fires off to the north, Todd. Let's give it another shot. Eleven. Eleven. He's getting close. Oh, Chicken Todd continues to struggle. Oops. 
Beam shoots off to position six. That back at Todd. Todd, give me another constitution saving throw. Maybe he'll be a different animal now that can roll. I thought it was two. Six is you. (laughs) He's going to pass. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Okay, what is it? What am I rolling? Give me a constitution a saving throw. Oh, constitution saving throw. Do chickens have a constitution bonus? Yeah, they have a plus two bonus. So roll a d20 and add two to it. I don't even want the. Yeah, you don't want roll it. Roll a d20? Yeah, roll a d20. Get a bad roll this time. He's going to roll. I don't. I, I, I want it to be changed. Okay, good. Yeah. Yeah, okay. So then roll a d8. You turn into a lizard. He's going to get chicken again. Bull. That motherfucker's going to get chicken again. Is that a chicken again? I think it is. <laughs> I think it is. Uh, 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 hang on, let me see. Did you roll? What did you roll the first? I got to go back up and look again. Uh-huh. Did you roll a three? Where are you at? Okay, so you transform into pig. a pig. So now it is a flat roll. All right. I just need a 10. You haven't rolled a 10 in forever, though. So. Todd, pig Todd now. Oh, my God. Uh, it's amazing. Amazingly terrible. Oh, my God. Uh, we're going to be here all night. This oh, my God. I'm so tired. I'm so tired. I'm going to wrap up the episode and we can't do it because you can't roll above a 10. This is an episode in and of itself. This should be in that compilation of uh, Todd's scripts. Like, oh, I'm supposed to take notes? You're going to have to do a meanwhile uh, cut in there. Four hours later. The beam is position four, which is north, northeast, east. Moyle, give me a constitution saving oh throw. Oh, my God. This is fantastic. 12? 12's not going to do it. Oh, wait, let me check and see. Hold on. <laughs> let me check and see if pigs have constitution bonuses because they might because chickens do. Pigs have as flat constitution. Nope. Give me a D8 roll. Oh, man. Two? So the key is to be a bull. Or just don't get hit by the beam. You turn into a dog, Moyle. Oh, nice. Golden retriever? Yep, a perky golden retriever. Exactly. Todd? Boom! Nat 20. Nat 20 alert. Nat 20 alert. Oh, my God. It only took you 17 times. (laughs) Nat 20. After each one of these attempts, the levers have had to be reset. So you guys do this and reset and do this and reset and do this and reset. And finally, Pig Todd is able to push his lever at the same time as the rest of you. And the mirrors start to slow to a regular speed to where it's not a death trap to walk through them. And the beam's energy levels out and becomes a steady pulse, which now will serve to guide the ships at sea safely into port. And that's where we will end the lighthouse encounter. I will tell you, barring a dispel magic, your polymorph is going to last 48 hours. <laughs> so Bob and I are just going to be carrying a bunch of farm animals out of here. Golden Retriever. The biggest thing that you guys are going to have to deal with is how to get a bull down a very tight set of spiral stairs. <laughs> so, But if you have a tennis ball, you can easily get a Golden Retriever down. <laughs> Fate's not going to fit down those stairs unless you guys decide to camp out up at the top here for two days until everybody turns back to normal because Moyle can't cast Dispel Magic in his dog form. <laughs> or Featherfall. Your pentahedron abilities don't require like a spellcasting opponent. You So you could do one Featherfall a day as by flexing your, your pentahedron ability. But he would Featherfall into the ocean or the sea? No, he could jump. He could jump off the right direction. Yeah, I guess it's a peninsula, right? Now, but here's the thing: Can bulls jump over a five foot or a what did I say four or five foot railing? So, 
you guys would yeah, either have to kick, open up the railing Just or break the railing. find a way to <laughs> lift this. Nah, man, that's a, I got a string score of 16 as a bull. I can jump that. That's, that's, that's light work. That's athletics, baby. Is that, is that what nah. we're doing? Are we just going to go ahead and you guys are going to feather fall the bull down? Cause I think that's probably the most elegant solution at this point. Yes. All right. Sure. All right. So fate. The cow jumped over the moon. Yes. <laughs> and we'll close on the grand scene as the full moon rises up out of the horizon and they're highlighted against it is the, a cow wearing now fate doesn't normally wear a mage's hat, <laughs> but when he was polymorphed, a little cute mage's hat that appear on top of the bull and a, large bull in a mage hat and robes drifts serenely across the moon and down onto the rocks below. And that's where we'll end this session. And there we go. It only took 22 episodes to get an obscure Animaniac skit reference worked into the podcast. Pay up, Carl. You said it would take 25. And like a bovine fate silhouetted against the lunar landscape drifting off into the evening, we can put the lighthouse behind us. Thanks again for joining us, everybody. We really appreciate you making time for us. I want to take a minute here to give a special shout out to our Patreon supporters. And I am, and I'm going to say a couple of these wrong. And you can't stop me. Bill, Brian, Matt. I think I got those right. Draken? Question mark. Hogan? Yogan? Jogan? There we go. I don't know. You got all three. And Alex, you guys are awesome. And Lee? 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 You know what you did. You know what you did. Magnificent bastard. So what's so special about those guys? They've come on board our Patreon to help support the show. And you know what? Despite the warm, fuzzy satisfaction of being awesome, they get some pretty cool stuff. Extra video content like the Tournament of Champions and the upcoming Survival Challenge, access to the VOD from our streaming shows and the supporting materials as they go up, the Hunter's Party, a Supernatural rewatch and D&D conversion podcast, additional behind-the-scenes content, and a slew of other benefits exclusive to the Loot Crew for the Party of Five. Loot Crew? Are we going with Loot Crew? I don't know. We're still workshopping it. You know who gets to say and what they get called? The Patreon supporters. They get to name NPCs. They're going to get to come up with new magical hammers for Moyle Mossberg. So if you're interested in joining this elite group of outstanding philanthropists, then head on over to patreon.com forward slash gmdlcast and support. But look, it's been a weird time for everybody. Things are on the verge of getting back to normal. You may not be able to support financially. We understand that. There's still a way for you to help out the party of five. Tell somebody about the show. Social media, in person, fly over your county and throw flyers out like a psyops. As long as you're safe and you provide the accurate information of where they can find the podcast, that word of mouth is a extremely valuable contribution to the health of the podcast and what we're able to do and turn around and provide back to you all, our audience. And we appreciate anything and everything you can do in that respect. And on that note, we're going to wrap this one up. And as always, hope you enjoyed the show. <laughs>